0: Welcome to episode 11 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined in studio, as always, by my good friend, my colleague here at Grace College and Theological Seminary, my go-to guy for COVID-19 breaking news, and just an all-around good hang, John (laughs) Sloat.
1: Never thought I'd hear those words come out of your mouth. (laughs) Um, well if you're listening uh, please subscribe we'd, we'd love to have you uh, regularly downloading and listening to our podcast and give us a five star review uh, and give us a short review uh, we certainly take critical feedback uh, we'd love it we, we thrive on it but but we really want a five star review that's yeah. that's what this comes down to absolutely um and if if you're enjoying the podcast share it on social media facebook whatever uh, spread the news about this podcast we'd love to hear what you have
0: to say yeah i mean as as we transition into this brave new world that we've entered in the last week, yeah, it's been um, crazy. people are looking for entertainment, and uh, we think that, you know, this might be an opportunity to spread the word when it comes to the Various and Sundry podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, at v and S Pod. As well as email us variousandsundrypodcast at gmail dot Those are two easy ways to reach out to us and connect with us. So here we are. Yeah, where do you want to where do you want to start? Yeah, so uh, I think it's important to note we are recording this on Tuesday morning, March seventeenth, early mid morning, right? Yeah nine nine forty. We're starting. Yeah, here. which. Given how rapidly things have changed since our last episode uh, is an important sort of time marker because when we recorded last week, we were still very much on the front end really of breaking developments when it comes to what's been happening in the culture and, and our society in the last week or so, and it's laughable now to look at what my hot take was, right? Like, <laughs> oh, they're going to cancel T4G. Yeah. As if that looks like this bold prediction right now. Like that's although that's not been officially announced, it's a given that that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. A bold prediction now would be that they're going to cancel Christmas, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I think as we normally do, let's start with what I will label as March sadness since Normally March Madness, yeah, right? March March Madness. This is, not is one happening. of the the great windows of sports during the year with the NCAA tournament. And of course, that's not happening. And I'm perhaps most disappointed because we had a bracket competition we all did. set up for you as listeners, and now it it's all for naught. Yeah. It's uh, it's not happening. So uh so
1: basically, there are yeah, no sports we're, we're, going on right yeah, now. Yeah, there's there's nothing going on. Uh, so what are, what are some things in sports that are going
0: on that are happening off the court? Right. So really, the biggest thing that continues at this point is NFL free agency. There's been some trades in the NFL. And even as we were coming in this morning, the breaking news is the fact that Tom Brady announced he will be leaving the Patriots. Which is wonderful news. Very, <laughs> exci- you, very
1: excited that Tom Brady
0: is leaving the division of yeah. my team. Yeah. You assume so. I mean,
1: he's. I suppose he could go to the Dolphins. He wouldn't go there. No. He wouldn't go to the Bills. He's certainly not going
0: to the Jets. No. Um, so he's leaving the division. Yeah, I think so. I think that's pretty safe to assume that he's no longer going to be in the AFC East. So good news for you as a Jets fan. It'll be fascinating to see where he ends up. And, of course, um, an NFL draft is on the horizon. And from what I understand, I think they've announced that they are going to—it's ha- still going to happen, but there's not going to be any, like, gathering surrounded. Yeah, there's can not can- going
1: to be the party that
0: usually surrounds it, I think. Yeah. yeah. So all of these— uh, uh, college pro days are being canceled left and right. You know, all, all the all the big schools in college football hold pro days where they showcase their athletes, which is sort of a and in addition to the um, the NFL Combine. Yeah. Um.
1: One one piece of sports news that seems to have uh, that a lot of news or- organizations outside of sports have zeroed in on has been Rudy Gobert.
0: Yes, uh, he's become a household name for people who don't even know about sports, really. Yeah, and uh, so, first of all, from a sports
1: perspective, what do you know about Rudy Gobert? And and then we can tell the, the saga
0: of Rudy yeah. Gobert, I believe on Wednesday last week. Yeah. So, yeah, before all of this, Rudy Gobert was probably best known as a sort of defensive center who, you know, controlled the paint. Not a great offensive threat, but a shot blocker, a defensive presence, uh, I can't remember if he was all star level or not, but probably on that on the cusp. Yeah, on that yep. cusp of uh, of that, but not someone who was a household name unless you really followed the NBA, you know, you really may not have really known much about him at all. And not, plus playing in Utah, that's kind of off the national radar.
1: Yeah, and not a superstar. No, but no. but very, very good. Yeah. Um and and bordering on that star level.
0: Yeah, I, I'd that's say. That's probably fair. So yeah. He is the game changer, right? Yeah, he—well,
1: uh, first, I believe it was Monday or maybe it was even before that last week uh, where he had a press conference where he was joking about yes. the disease, uh, rubbing all the microphones yeah. of uh, the the press and uh, messing around in the locker room. Yeah. Um, and Wednesday, as the NBA is trying to decide, do we cancel, do we not cancel, do we do this without fans— they're saying let's just play the games, and um, I remember watching Twitter uh, that day, and you and I were in constant texting yeah. uh, conversation and sharing tweets back and forth. And, and he <laughs> and they're getting ready to tip in Oklahoma City. Yeah, uh, and the GM who uh, of one of the teams runs out onto the floor, and all of a sudden the game is canceled. Yeah, uh, Rudy Gobert's announced has COVID nineteen. And, uh, and at that point, all, basically all the late starts in the games, uh, all the late starts on the West Coast for the NBA got, got shut down. Yes. And uh, on the East Coast, it was kind of relayed to the players, to the fans, and to, to everybody that, that this, for a while, was going to be the last NBA game. Yeah. And it kind of set off dominoes uh, for the rest of sports to be canceled eventually. It did. By the end of the week. It season.
0: absolutely did. Except for the UFC yeah yes, yeah, which isn't is, an, is a, a sport that neither of us really follows with, no, any, with no. any sort of nor have participated in if you uh, are familiar with the, <laughs> yes. the,
1: the physique
0: here. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So I, I do think that that was a, a game changer in terms of the world of sports because obviously when you had a player who was diagnosed with it, so maybe we should back up into earlier in Wednesday, because Wednesday is really when things accelerated rapidly in terms of the developments. So we had recorded last Tuesday morning. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, some schools had started to announce that like, for a few weeks or maybe through the end of March that they were moving all instruction online. So getting rid of face-to-face instruction for a few weeks. And I believe that was Ohio State, Purdue, and IU had sort of been the first ones to fall, at least in our world, that, that we were able to see. Yeah, yeah. And so at this point, all of the conference basketball tournaments were taking place. So all of those major conferences, Big Ten, ACC, SEC, Big 12, all of them, were starting their conference tournaments. And at this point on Wednesday, so maybe to back up a bit, I had gained tickets to the Big Ten tournament for Thursday. In Indianapolis. In Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to take my two sons and one of their buddies, and um, and we were going to go, and we were going to get to watch four games. One of them was going to be Ohio State, so that was exciting. Got great price on the tickets, so just a fun day to look forward to. And so... As the development started happening, I thought, okay, I think we're going to make it. I think we're going to get through tomorrow where they're going to still allow fans and be okay. In fact, the Big Ten conference even announced mid-Wednesday afternoon, I think, or late Wednesday afternoon, we're still moving forward and we're still going to allow fans tomorrow. So I'm like, oh, good. We made it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, maybe three hours later, they announced – we're still keeping the tournament but no fans and that kind of became the standard across all these college basketball tournaments of we're still going to have them but only essential personnel plus maybe a handful of family members for each kid and that was Mar- that was the
1: stand for all of march madness as well they were going to have uh, no fans but they were still going to play the games yeah yeah, and so that that's where we were at Wednesday evening, and then and and during that time, I believe a a, a bunch of schools, a bunch of colleges, began to close as well. Um, and I was watching a ticker on uh, the Chronicle of Higher Ed had a had a ticker going like, "This school has done this. This school, mm-hmm. yeah." And I remember it climbing and climbing, getting to about a hundred students, and then they just kind of or a hundred students, hundred schools. schools, and they
0: tweeted out, "We're not doing this anymore." Right <laughs> <laughs> at this point, it's pretty much going to sweep the nation here so by what but it does seem like the game changer was when it was announced that there's an nba player who has the virus that suddenly it was okay within a matter of less than an hour the nba had announced we are suspending the season for a minimum of 30 days that was sort of a that's a baseline there will be no games for 30 days and then you begin to see other sports leagues follow and finally the um so that kind of got us through Wednesday night yep and then um also Wednesday night tom hanks got
1: uh, diagnosed with covid-19 yes. i think that was that Announced. was a that was yeah. a big wake up call for for lots of people like oh my goodness covid yeah. COVID-19 has hit, you know. Or, Forrest
0: Gump has COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, though <laughs> yeah. so I will say, he he posted some sort of video on social media, clearly had a good humor about it, and, you know, that did lead to some funny internet memes and stuff of, or jokes about, you know, based on some of his former movies and things like that. So it was, you know, a nice little touch, and he clearly embraced it. So I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he... uh I believe it's still in Australia because he got tested while entering yeah. uh, Australia and, and was tested
0: there and yeah. and now has it. and Yeah, imagine that being quarantined in Australia. but and I
1: think that made it real for a number of people as well. Like yeah. I think this Rudy Gobert thing in sports uh, being canceled made it real for a segment of the population. And then I think for another segment of the population, the Tom Hanks thing made it really yeah.
0: real. But then you began to have... Um, some of these announcements. Um, I think it was it was Thursday morning, somewhere in this Wednesday night, Thursday morning, the governor of Ohio came out and basically said no gatherings of over a hundred people. And then you had canceled regular schools as yeah. well during that time for three exactly, weeks. yeah. And uh, you know the dominoes started to fall, so that by the by late Thursday morning. That's when you had conference tournaments start to officially cancel and say, we're not going to play at all. And then I can't remember if it was Thursday night or Friday when they officially announced there's not going to be an NCAA tournament at all. Yeah. And of course, in the midst of that, you had these, it just felt like this is one of those stories that you couldn't even get a new baseline on, where it's like, it just kept developing so quickly to the point where it's like, okay, now the state of Indiana is saying, No gatherings of 250 or more, and now school more schools, you know, local schools at the both the K through 12 level and um, universities and colleges making the move to at least for a period of time, go ahead and cancel face to face instruction and move stuff online or extend spring breaks or various things like that. So, what what was your state of mind during this week? So we're at about
1: Thursday now. What what's your Feeling, thoughts,
0: fears—like well, uh, what's going through your head uh, during this time? Well, I think that um, when, to me, the 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 big sort of development, the kind of the shocker development, was not as much even the sporting events being canceled because I could see that was coming. Mm-hmm. But when the governor of Indiana came out and said no gatherings of two hundred and fifty or more, you know, you start to put the pieces together. And we had not yet here at Grace officially announced that we were um that we were moving stuff online for at least a period of time. Um and so but you and I both suspe- suspected like this is gonna happen. They're just figuring yeah. out logistics and timing of stuff and and, um, and one thing I love about um our president at
1: Grace is he doesn't just make decisions. Yeah. He makes them with others. Uh and so he was getting the board on the phone and, and wanting to talk to them about the decision, and even, from what I understand, taking a vote Thursday night on what, what we are yeah. to do. So,
0: so that's been—it's been encouraging to see that. But when when I realized this means that we're not going to have Church Sunday, in all likelihood, and of course that's what happened is no no and You were supposed to preach. And I was on the docket to preach, because I preached—I'm I'm supposed to be in the middle of three consecutive Sundays of preaching— in Galatians 3. So, you know, that was a little of a of an eye opener of wow, this this is really going to be different. And then, of course, my wife's school shuts down for 4 weeks and you start to put the pieces together of this means my entire immediate family, you know, wife and two sons, we're all going to be home. Yeah. And largely restricted in where we're going and what we're doing. Yeah. And- so those were some of the the things that um kind of those those dominoes falling um along the way of uh of that what about you uh yeah i got i got
1: from wednesday night into thursday just r- really sad yeah like like i was just oh my goodness uh you you and i had a pretty constant text stream going back and forth yeah of all the terribleness that was happening all at one time <laughs> yeah and and i was just i was just getting uh Really, really sad. And then uh, Thursday morning, uh, I get a text from my my fiance Andrea, uh, and she tells me uh, that one of her coworkers woke up with a sore throat and a fever, which are a couple of the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I text uh, our dean of students uh, on the task force, and they asked me to go home. And so I was. I was like, oh, oh, okay,
0: temporarily quarantined.
1: Yes, and it turns out she did not have this. This coworker did not yeah. have uh, the disease whatsoever, um, and so I was allowed to return to work on on Friday. But for for all day Thursday, I was like, here we go, you know. And, and it kind of doubled up the sadness a little bit, and, yeah. and trying to figure out, goodness, what a, what on earth, what on earth are we living through? And it. it you know, it'll be a it'll be a pretty massive piece of history. I think I think it'll at least be a line in the history books of of what these three
0: four month period was 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 like. Yeah, and I think that's that's part of the dynamic that we're all still sorting out is how long are we in this for? Because I think as some of these initial things happen, it's like oh, two weeks we're going to shut every going to shut most things down and. I think the perception was eh, we do this for a couple of weeks and we're gonna get out in front of this and then we're going to be kind of back to normal in a few weeks kind of thing. And and as things continue to develop, there's this settling in of this is this is not just gonna be a couple of week thing. Th- yeah. This is going to be for an extended period of time. And to me, and maybe this is uh Maybe this is just me. I don't think it is. I think I'm still waiting for the new normal to emerge. Yeah. And and I feel like that's a common experience, that things are still developing, right? At this point, as we record Tuesday morning, you know— Oh, yeah, absolutely. You have have the president uh, announcing the the sort of—this is not a decree, but this is a, like, he's saying— you should avoid gatherings of more than 10 or 15 people, which is going beyond what state governments have gone on. And, again, that's not a you have to do this, but it's just as a sort of a general practice. You should avoid this. And then he says something to the effect of, you know, we're looking at months on this kind of at some level of alteration of life. I believe it was if we do a really good job July or August, maybe. Yeah. That's a long time. That is a long time. But but see we haven't but we haven't bottomed out yet, right? We haven't like hit it that. It doesn't feel that way, but I don't know what
1: what is left to can't what's 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 left? I mean I mean other than all right, force quarantine, everybody stay home except ex- essential personnel for 2 weeks or 4 weeks or wh- whatever. That seems to me to be the next the 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 ultimate. Maybe not the next, but um but but what else is there? I mean yeah, restaurants have closed uh, all except, these
0: except for carry
1: out and delivery carry out and delivery yeah. that's right um but i yeah my my gym yeah. has closed you know there's there's very little access to those sort the so those sorts of things what what are we to do you know what what else is what what, what
0: else is what else could go to change the normal yeah. i guess is what i'm asking yeah and it's uh it'll be interesting to see you know obviously Situations with schools and universities remain fluid in terms of the length of how long they're going, just moving everything online. But, um, you know, I'm I'm seeing tweets from reputable reporters saying the NBA is looking into, you know, best case scenario getting to restart in June, late June, mid to late June. I saw the same for baseball, yeah. And uh you know it begins to make you think, "Well, gosh, is this gonna affect the start of the football season in you know in late August, beginning of September? yeah, like how far out are we looking at this sort of disruption of normal aspects of our culture so I think to me until we until we settle into this kind of new normal where it's like, okay, it feels like everything's kind of bottomed out and we're not going to get worse at this point. I think Mm -hmm. people are waiting for that kind of new baseline normal to emerge before there's a sense of, okay, I I think it'll take that before there's this semi-collective sigh of like, okay, this is where we're at. Because now I still feel like we're in this ongoing, every day it's like getting worse in terms of the now you can't do this. Now we're asking you not to do this. Now we're asking you not to do this. Now this is canceled. Now you can't go here. Yeah. Um, I think until that kind of stops and gets to this new normal, I think there's going to be this ongoing level of varying levels of fear and anxiety in our culture. Um, let's talk about our classes a little bit. Sure.
1: You were teaching Greek exegesis this session. Yeah. What on earth is that
0: going to look like <laughs> well i'm I'm pretty fortunate in the sense that um because of things we've done here at Grace with our uh, one of our seminary programs, the deploy program, there's a decent bit of content that I'm able to pull from when it comes to uh, recorded lectures or other things that I can just move right into converting that stuff into Uh, online lectures that students can access and get course content from. Now I am at this point planning on doing a kind of a once a week uh, sort of synchronous like live uh, video meeting probably using Google Meet or something like that to interact with students but other than that it's going to be look very similar to a kind of online class, basically, converting assignments to online, creating quizzes in the learning management system to get things, you know, away from having to be face-to-face and paper and that kind of stuff. So, you know, as it it goes, I have it easy compared to a lot of my colleagues who have much more complicated situations to try to figure out, which includes you. You've got a much more complicated situation with your class.
1: Yeah, so I have uh, church history this session, as I think we've mentioned before in this podcast. Um, now for that, I've, uh, it already has an online component. So it has online quizzes already built into it and it has online discussion boards built into it. However, I think with lots of history courses, there, there is a large lecture piece of it. Yes. And so trying to figure out how to do that has been, uh, has, has been interesting. Uh, so we're going to do a optional, uh, uh, live lecture where students can log in and we can interact, ask questions, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. But those will also be recorded that we're posting uh, to the uh, learning management system as well.
0: Now, your class is a little different than mine in another sense. That you have how many students? Forty-six. Yeah. See, I have twelve. So that's that's a that's a major difference in yeah. terms of managing all of those. Trying to accommodate is going to be uh, difficult. Right. So this was supposed to be a an evening class, right? A three hour block. Yeah, class. it was supposed to be a Tuesday night from 6 to 9. Right. So how are you changing that component of it? I assume you're not—are you just doing, like, yeah, from 6 to 9, we're going to blast through and do three hours of class, yeah. or have you, have you moved the time? Like, um, what does I'm, that look like?
1: I'm a little nervous about uh, students at home not having proper Wi-Fi. Yeah. And so being able to log in and view a live lecture— for three hours may not be possible. Right. It may also not be possible for them to download a lecture for, that's three hours long. Sure. I think I think probably what we're going to do is and I haven't emailed them this yet, so Heads up. Breaking news. Um we'll we'll probably do three <laughs> times a week, one hour and yeah. do a do a live session. Um I'm probably gonna go with uh with Zoom just because I have more students, uh which is a another platform we use around here. Yeah. So uh
0: yeah, that's, that's my plan for class, but... Yeah, and it, it is fascinating when it comes to, you know, my wife is a is a high school teacher mm-hmm. at uh, a local private Christian school here, and they've talked through some of these same issues with uh, not being able to assume that students have good Wi-Fi access or internet bandwidth to be able to access course materials and that sort of thing. and And so what's interesting is what they've done is they have a... Their administrator has has created a policy of we're not doing new content during this three weeks plus. Really? uh, Spring break, yes. Now, what teachers are allowed to, but not required to, give assignments that can take up to, like the guideline is you can essentially give two 20 minute assignments per week or one 40 minute assignment for the week or. You could have done a a project that spans the course of the the time off, but it has to be the equivalent of 40 minutes a week and no more. Wow. And so for, for my wife as an English teacher, that's been, um, you know, a bit of a challenge to think through. You know, they were in the middle of—she's in the middle of teaching through Romeo and Juliet with freshmen. And so she'd love to be able to say, well, let's just finish the novel and here's some, you know— Questions and assignments to kind of keep you, but there's no way they can get through that in two 20 minute segments uh, per week over the next few weeks. But I'll tell you who has it even wow. worse math teachers. Yeah, math teachers. Yeah, that's going to be a disaster. What do you do as a math yeah. teacher? Because you can't do new content. So the most you can do is just kind of give review assignments of keep these skills sharp. But, you know, English is not one of these kinds of subjects that you're constantly adding new skills. You're, generally speaking, you're refining skills, especially if you're in the high school level. You're refining skills that you've already been exposed to, whether it's grammar, whether it's writing, whether it's critical thinking, whether it's literature analysis, those kinds of things. You're not teaching new content in the sense of, here's a new skill you need. Instead, it's, let's develop that skill and go deeper with it. But the poor math teachers, what do you do? Well, and I, I know when students come back from summer,
1: they say, like, oh, my goodness, i got to spend so much time in review to, yeah. to cover what we've already covered. This is going to be similar to that. They're going to have to come back and do a ton of review. They're going to be behind.
0: Oh, it's going to be rough. It's a mess. It's a mess. And um, it'll be very fascinating to see how that develops if, if those time off periods get extended beyond what they currently are. So um, another factor in this, let's let's talk a little bit about the church. How the how yeah. how you respond as a church in these kinds of contexts where the where the government says we don't want gatherings of more than two hundred and fifty, and now they've they've, that, lo- they've, they've lowered they've, it. They've since knocked then. that down yeah. since then. Um, but what's been? I mean, our so, our church, our the the church that we are members at, we did not meet this past Sunday. And so as part of the response, our lead pastor recorded a about a 20-minute yeah. um, kind of teaching segment, I wouldn't call it a sermon in the traditional sense, in that um, you know he wasn't standing behind the pulpit, he was sitting at a conference it's table. It was very conversational. It felt much more yeah. conversational. Uh, it was really good, really mm-hmm. helpful, timely in terms of thinking about anxiety and fear and trusting the Lord, very well done, so... A shout-out to to Pastor Mark on that one. Kudos, kudos. But uh, I noticed that that decision was made on Friday to not meet. And so there was a bit of a, what do we do? Let's, you know, let's throw something, let's, let's address this. And they sent out a worship guide where they had suggested Scripture readings and, you know, a Spotify playlist that you could, if you wanted to, sing along and sort of try to get some measure of a worship experience.
1: So one, one quick—I saw a tweet from Mark Dever who said, this is the second time that his church will cancel for a, uh, a disease, and the first one was the Spanish flu in 1918. And I thought yeah. that was phenomenal, a, a, yeah. a great tweet. Yeah. Where I was like, oh my goodness, wow, that's
0: a that church has been there a while. It you know? has. it. That is truly a historic church. They're Capitol Hill Baptist in Washington, D.C., but um, I do know some churches here in the area that still met that were under the 250 threshold.
1: It'll be interesting to see what they do now with the, with the with the new threshold. And there's there's been a variety of responses. A- anything from goodness, we need to uh, you know we need to cancel for probably longer than we need to. To um, this is uh, the government trying to get churches to stop meeting. You know, really yes. conspiracy
0: theory sort of stuff. Yeah. And I I have to mention this because I found this funny. People were there there was a small segment going after John MacArthur for bowing the knee to Caesar. So it's one of these discernment blogs or whatever, <laughs> which is, you know, so ridiculous. Because they, they pull this quote from him previously of talking about not bowing the knee to Caesar or something. And then of course when they canceled their Service this week, they're all over him for. Gosh, doesn't take much for the government to come in and shut down John macarthur like, like okay, people. If if you're if if that's the level of discourse you're you're going for, it's hard to take you seriously at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, agreed. I think I think that's ridiculous. Um, We've, we've canceled services in, the, in this country before for disease. We already mentioned the Spanish flu of uh, yeah. 1918. Uh, I, I don't
0: see any reason why it would be any different right now. And here's what people fail to—that uh, so th- crowd, I think, fails to capture is the—it is one—like, the government is not singling out churches. It's saying all gatherings of a certain size. Now, it would be different if they're like, now, you churches, we don't want you to meet, but you schools— Go for it. You can continue to meet restaurants. You can stay open. Churches. We don't want you to meet because of your fact that you're a religious institution, or because even you maybe have a large population of elderly people. Like if they singled out churches, then you'd be like, okay, that seems odd and targeted. Which
1: which did happen in Kentucky. The governor of Kentucky did single out churches for like an hour. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it blew up on Twitter. Yeah, and then he extended it to everywhere. Yeah. I was like,
0: okay, yeah, right. So it's it just seems absurd, but I think that—here's um, here, the direction I, I, I want to move this conversation to. Um, what long-term effect do you think this will have on churches? Like, let's say that uh, at this point, it seems like at a minimum, most churches are probably not going to be meeting for the next month. Minimum, you think? Yeah, I, I think we can at least safely say that. Though it certainly is possible that this could extend for much more than that. Like it could extend a couple of months, even potentially. Or you know, who knows? Yeah, I. So think, what happens to the church? What? What are there any sort of long term? A big emphasis on online giving. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, which y- you joke about that, but it is fair to point out, like. The ministries of the church continue, yeah. And I, so it's not like yeah, absolutely it, it's not like a service where it's like, oh well, um, you know, I I don't need my lawn care service anymore, so I'm just not going to pay that bill. It's it that that's not the mentality of the Christian when it comes to giving to the church. Yeah. The ministries of the church continue on, and so uh, all kidding aside, it is important that people whether they give it they give online or whether they end up. Um, you know, writing a check and mailing it to the church, doing something to make sure that they're continuing to give to the ministry it's, of the church. Yeah, and I, I, I was kidding, but you, I you are right. That is, that is a big deal,
1: yeah. um, and, and something that I take part in, uh, in online giving at, uh, at our church, uh, regardless of uh, pandemics. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think we could see a rise if this continues long term. I think we could see a rise, and I'm interested, uh, I, I think uh, in the pastoral visit to mm-hmm. the home, yeah, I think we've probably seen that fallen on hard times in the last decade, two decades. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, where the pastor, right. I, I remember growing up, and it was like, well, Monday night the pastor visited new families in the church, those sorts of things. I, I think we could see pastors doing rounds, uh, going to their congregants' houses and checking in on them, checking in on them spiritually, and 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 those sorts of things. I think we could see. A rise in that, I think we could see a rise in uh, video sermons, online sermons, those sorts of things. I saw one seminary um, was offering their studio for local pastors to come
0: in and record sermons that could be yeah. shot
1: out to people, and I thought I thought that was a great idea.
0: That well. is, because you don't want to fall into the trap of thinking that every church has the equipment and the, even the 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 know-how to be able to do yeah. that. That there's enough small churches that may not have that equipment or that... Opportunity and so to be able to offer, you know, smaller churches to say, Yeah, come on in, we'll take care of it. You just stand up there, we'll push, record, you do your thing, and then we'll make it shareable for you. That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, what are some ways that you think the church is gonna gonna change or morph during this time? Well, here's what I hope or adapt maybe here's that. what I hope. I hope that it will make us appreciate the physical gathering of the church. Mm, yeah. That this will create a recognition of there's just something special about the embodied gathering of God's people together in a location that cannot be replicated by watching a live stream on your TV in your living room. You just can't replicate it. Yeah. That there's a dynamic that happens, and I'm not saying that those are that that it's a bad thing. Like this is what where we're at right now. Yeah. But there's something about the physical gathering of God's people together in the same location physically that I hope this absence of it will actually create a renewed appreciation of it and a renewed desire for it. That's my hope.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, that's a—I I think I could see that being a uh, a very positive outcome of this, uh, being something that that people— Really, really enjoy getting together with the church, and um, I know during times of travel, I have longed to be with my local congregation. And I, yeah. and I hope that there's a there's a sense of that from the churches, right? That from from the rank and file church member that they're yeah. just like, my goodness, it's been one, two, three weeks. I'm just dying to get
0: get back together. Absolutely. I want to go one more area before we move on to our athlete. Okay. What do we do with this time that we used to devote devote to sports? Um, yeah, now, great, great th- question. This is something that may not affect all of our listeners. I'm, we're not assuming. We know that some of our listeners are not big sports fans. We've even heard horror of all horrors. They actually skip the skip sports, sports talk. But you know, hey, we're we're still glad you're here. How so thank you, thank you for being yeah. here. But um, so maybe this will make this a little bit more personal. Do you have any? things that you're you're thinking okay in in instead of investing time in you know watching the ncaa tournaments that we would have been watching instead of you know watching the nba spring training all those sorts of things any thoughts on how you're going to use that time or energy um yeah
1: i'm cooking a little bit more uh uh, watching a few few more tv shows than than i was before and uh Doing a few puzzles and I'll get one, into one of those in the one thing I liked. But um yeah, that's that's sort of how I'm filling the time. Uh reading a little bit more. Um yeah. now that I am kinda in and out of the office uh a bit more than I than I would if students were here. Yeah. But that's that's about it for me. Uh and that basically fills up the time. I'm I'm taking I also have a new house that I'm that I'm taking care of and, and yeah.
0: doing things with. So Yeah. I, I do think there is a um, there's going to be an explosion of people doing house projects. Yeah. Because if you're re- you are you have reduced work time or just more time where you're not out and about doing things, that seems to be a pretty natural thing. I know my uh, brother-in-law and his wife and their four kids are, um, are repainting the basement. Yep. You know, it's sort of a, we've been wanting to do this. Now we have four kids home from school. They need something to do let's do this and saying that uh my my sister-in-law was saying that when she went to the uh i can't hardware store home depot lowes what wh- wherever they were getting the paint that the the folks there were saying oh yeah business is definitely ticking up on that front in terms of people buying paint because yeah. you're stuck at home you're quarantined hey, you know, we've always wanted to paint that bedroom. We always wanted to do this. Let's work on that. So I
1: have an aunt who is, uh, I, I think, the number one salesman in the region of Pennsylvania that they live for Home Depot. Hmm. Uh, and the state of Pennsylvania has deemed Home Depot and
0: Lowe's and other places like that. Essential. It. Essential. And so everybody's <laughs> going into work still uh, yeah. at those places. Yeah. So I think that um, that'll be a big piece of it for for people. To any, sure. any particular home projects for you? You know, I am not handy at all. Um, and so that, that anything that I will be coming over and doing with you, <laughs> well, um, I do have some ceiling repair in my basement that needs to take place, but I don't know if that, if, if, that, if that's something that's in your, in your wheelhouse, but probably not. Yeah. No, no, that's no, no, all right. no, That's all right. But, um, we have talked about, we've, we've wanted to paint the trim upstairs in our house in terms okay. of like the, the white baseboards and trim and that sort of stuff. And, uh, Taking a very quick turn to, us, to a sad note, since oh. we just put down our dog yesterday, oh boy. our dog of 12 and a half years, Luther, may he rest in peace, um, which was a sad experience. Uh, but we're also enjoying some of the opportunities now to repair the house from his presence <laughs> in terms of doing a deep cleaning. Mm. Um, he had a tendency to scratch at some doors if he knew you were in that room. And so, painting re- those, we paint some doors sure. and that kind of stuff. So, um, and I still, I still want to plant a tree this spring, and I will probably enlist okay. your Okay, yeah, I can help you plant a yeah, tree. Yeah, we'll dig a hole in the backyard yeah. and plant a tree. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about planting a tree in my
1: yard as well. Maybe we could, maybe we could I'll, tag team this. Yeah, absolutely. We, could, we can, we can dig holes in one other yard. I'll gladly
0: do that yeah. with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, let's talk athlete. Let's talk athlete. Um, Number eleven. Yes. So on the NFL front. We've got Larry Fitzgerald. Active player. Yes. Uh, longtime receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and just got a new teammate in DeAndre Hopkins yes. out there in Arizona. Yeah. Also in the NFL, still, uh, Phil Sims. Legendary Giants quarterback from the 80s and into the early 90s, I guess. Yeah, 80s and 90s. Yeah, I've always known him as more of a broadcaster. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably fair. Though he won Sims Spotlight. Two Super Bowls or one?
1: So he was the quarterback for one Super Bowl, but was injured for the second for the one. second super bowl
0: jeff hosteller filled
1: in for him yes right. and he uh, a lot of people speculate that if he had been the quarterback under center for that second super bowl he'd be in the hall of fame
0: yeah wow that's tough uh on the nba front isaiah thomas pistons legend for many years and in your experience yeah train wreck of a general manager for the new york knicks and
1: i believe coach for a season as well yeah yeah, yeah. he was he was bad very bad
0: but a fantastic basketball player. That's
1: what I hear. And, and the, I would recommend if you're on the the coronavirus quarantine kick, the Bad Boys
0: documentary. It's fabulous. It's very very good. That's a 30 for 30, right? Yeah, ESPN. ESPN 30 for 30. Yeah. Uh also from the NBA, Yao Ming. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yao Yao Ming was the uh the How tall was he? Was he 7'6"? Seven, 7'6" six? Seven, six Chinese Maybe. uh center. For uh, the Houston Rockets for a number of years, yeah, um, and he was he was quite fun to watch and has been an ambassador for the game uh, to China
0: uh, the last several years. You still see his name come up, and that's that's probably one of the best arguments you can make for his significance as an actual player. Did okay. He was a good NBA player, not great, but a good one. Yeah. But in terms of Opening up China to the NBA, he was absolutely essential. And, and why it's, it's why uh, China's favorite team is the Houston Rockets. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, although I'm not a huge uh, hockey fan, Mark Messier?
1: Yeah. Played for the New York Rangers when, when I was living in New York. Won a Stanley Cup there in 1994, I believe. And I, I remember being, oh, goodness, six years old. Mm-hmm. And and watching Mark Messier, Adam Graves, Brian Leach, all these guys win the Stanley Cup. Of course, yeah. I, I went to bed and had to watch the reruns the next morning. Right. Because I made my parents record it for me on a, VH,
0: uh, on a VHS tape yeah. so I could watch it the next day. Yeah. So uh, in terms of Ohio State football players, Antoine Winfield, great cornerback for the, for the Buckeyes, had a really strong NFL career as well. Um, Von Bell, Anthony Gonzalez also wore number 11, but... Where are we landing on this? Yeah, this is a tough
1: one. Um, I know you are not a big hockey fan, so we can. You, do you want to mark Mark Messier off the list? I am I'm,
0: I'm fine with that. Yep.
1: Okay, um, you know this. I am going to throw you a curveball. Okay, um, what you, what about Yao? <laughs> we're we're are affected by this
0: disease that had its origins in Wuhan. Oh goodness. Um okay. okay. Well, let's continue the process. Uh, we can get rid of Phil Sims. Yeah, I think we get rid of Phil Sims pretty so easily. So I feel like we're down to Larry Fitzgerald, Isaiah Thomas, and Yao Ming. Um and uh man, Isaiah Thomas was really good with the bad boys, the pistons of the late eighties, early nineties. But I'm We'll, I ha, I have a terrible association yeah, with him. I get that. Yeah, so I, I'm happy with you know. We I, I semi twisted your arm last episode to go with Steve Nash. So I'm not gonna. So to me, it's down to Larry Fitzgerald or Yao Ming. And very different people. Yes, very different. Um I think that Larry Fitzgerald suffers from the fact that he plays in Arizona. Yes. If he played in a major market Uh, team, if he he played for uh, one of the New York teams, if he played for um, a California team, if he played for even in the Midwest, if he played for someone like Chicago or Green Bay, one of these sort of like classic traditional powers. Yeah. I think he'd be held in much higher esteem. He is great. But I I agree with you. I think we should go with Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Historic uh, and international significance there, I think. And a, and a connection to China for us. Yeah, uh, I mean, we went and, with a Canadian last week, yeah. last episode. Now we're here with... Uh, Tapping into that China market. Yeah, maybe we'll take off suddenly there. Um, okay, we got to get to one thing we liked this week. So we're going with Yao Ming. Okay, I okay. got
1: that. Yao Ming. Okay, one thing I like this week yeah. is uh, my fiancé and I... Uh, have subscribed uh, to uh, Hunt a Killer. Yes. And uh, basically every month they send you a piece of this case. So our first one we opened up and we got this big box of documents. And basically basically what has happened in this case is this uh, Broadway theater in New York had been family run for three generations and the... You, the person was good. The person that owned it was going through the attic and found a body, hmm. um, and it had been the body of an actress that just disappeared in the twenties, twenties or thirties, and and you're trying to figure out the killer. Well after the fact, so yeah. so all the suspects are probably dead, right? Um, all these things, are- and so you're trying to like, okay, here's everything that was found in the attic, and it's all cataloged. Here's the wound. What corresponds? What's mm-hmm. the? And then you're trying, you're like looking at the. Playbill and trying to figure out who is who could potentially be the killer and, yeah. and all these things. It's it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: I've seen that advertised. It looks like a looks like a an interesting thing. I, um, great for coronavirus uh, quarantines. Yeah, yeah. Um, also great for uh, COVID nineteen quarantine is um, the documentary American Gospel. So this hmm. is like a two hour documentary that. Uh, has been put together as a essentially as an expose and criticism of the prosperity gospel. Okay, and it's it's very well done, and it has a lot of people that uh, are kind of from our tribe in evangelicalism, uh, guys like Mark Dever, uh, Paul Washer, Steve Lawson, Brian Chapel. What platform is it on? Can we find it on? So Amazon I believe Prime? is
1: it free online? And what? What's um, the...
0: I believe you can watch the first hour of it free on YouTube. Okay. But to watch the full thing, you have to purchase it. So uh, we watched it because one of Jake's friends has the DVD, so we watched it last night, all two hours. Very well done, very well produced. Um, also, uh, Kosti Hinn is in there, interviewed in there. Benny oh, yeah. Hinn's yeah. son, nephew. Nephew, nephew, I nephew think. Nephew. Um, who came out of that whole prosperity gospel movement and is now mm. a very solid uh, evangelical... Billy's uh, he's, pa- he's a pastor now. Is he a pastor? Yeah, that's so. what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. So uh, very good, very worth watching there. Uh, American gospel that you can just uh, search that on YouTube and find that. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So again, we're approaching 50 minutes here, but I feel like he- here's the thing. I feel like we have a little bit more latitude now that we are in COVID-19 lockdown, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, I feel like... Perhaps. <laughs> I, I, I hope that our listeners will extend us a few more minutes of time, since in all likelihood, they might have a few extra minutes of time on their hands these yeah. days. So, but we, we definitely need to get a little bit more disciplined here in our uh, time management skills when it comes to recording the podcast. But I, I, I believe it is safe to say that we have accomplished our mission of covering our various and sundry topics and so until next time the lord bless y'all real good later